Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Stuckers, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Unstuck Institute. I'm here, as always, with my co-host Josh Beam. Say hey, Josh. What's up, Unstuckers? So this week we have a guest on. His name is Professor Peter Alexander, and he gave us some amazing stress relief or, I guess, coping mechanisms or coping tips. Yeah, raise your hand out there if you're stressed. My hand is. I'm raising my hand so just so you know. It's like <laughs> as hot. As high as I can reach. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Um, he knows his stuff about stress relief, but he also just has such a calm, soothing voice. You're about to hear it. I want all <laughs> of my meditations to be his voice in the background. Absolutely. What a great voice, especially for a, a stress relief expert. <laughs> um, yeah, super, super awesome guy and great interview with some practical tips. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you, Professor Pete, for coming on today. We'd love to hear a little bit about you and your story and yeah, go for it. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I, li- I appreciate your listeners uh, time as well. Well, my stress uh, life or journey really started as as a kid uh, coming up in or living, growing up in a dysfunctional family. But as an adult, it actually started coming on strong back in 2008. That was a time where I had a perfect storm of stressful activities that culminated in my diagnosis with stress-induced diabetes. The issue was I didn't listen to my body about what stress was doing to it. Instead, 10 more years, imagine, of burning the candle at both ends, like a lot of us do, until I end up in the emergency room with a severe case of diabetic ketoacidosis. And for the listeners who don't know what that is, my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. And it was crazy because when you trade your mental and or physical health for your career or other responsibilities, that is a really bad trade. And it was an epiphany moment for me. Uh, and I knew that I had to change. Uh, and if I didn't change, I wouldn't likely be around here to, to be on the show with you guys today. I've never heard of a uh, stress induced diabetes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. terrifying to me as somebody who's, I'm, by the way, I'm really excited that you're on talking about stress. Relief. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners are as well. Everyone doing their, like starting their side hustle and whatnot. It can be stressful. And Absolutely. like you say, burning the candle at both ends is not a long-term game plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not a healthy one. No, right? <laughs> no. Well, and the, and the, the reason why you don't hear about stress-induced diabetes or stress-induced heart disease, for example, is because there's actually a, uh, a little intermediary process here. So when we are stressed, what that does is that causes cellular inflammation 
And it's the cellular inflammation in our body that results in the chronic disease, whether it be diabetes, heart disease, et cetera, so cancer, for example. So that's why a lot of the doctors, they, they'll say, well, no, you didn't get stress-induced this or that, because, yeah, it's not a direct one-to-one. But without the stress, you wouldn't have the cellular inflammation. And without the cellular inflammation, you would not have or hopefully not have that chronic disease. So you're preaching to the choir. I'm a registered dietitian and a chef. So like you're just speaking to my soul right now. Um, (laughs) So I guess I have more of a personal question slightly on that topic for you. So after your initial diagnosis, did you change your eating habits at all? Or was that kind of more of a long-term, oh my God, I'm in ketoacidosis. Maybe I should make some life changes. More so, more so like that. The latter. Um, yeah. Well, what was, what was crazy from a dietary standpoint was uh, before I was diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. And I was in my mid-40s. And I remember initially thinking, wow, this is fantastic. I, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, let's say obese, but I could certainly lose, lose 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Cause I was, and I was carrying it around my midsection. Well, I'm not a registered dietitian, but 30 pounds in 30 days does not sound healthy. Exactly. <laughs> well, and so imagine after, after that 30th pound came off, I was thinking, huh, you know, I'm eating everything I want to eat, you know, junk food, et cetera. I'm doing my regular exercises, but I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. And that's when I thought, you know what, maybe I should get some blood work done and bingo. That's, you know, that's where I found out that I had that. But nobody in my family has diabetes. And for, you know, we have this, uh, or I shouldn't say we, but many of us have this stereotype of, oh, the diabetic is somebody who is, let's say, lethargic, is someone who's not active, is someone who maybe eats the wrong foods. But that isn't necessarily the case. And so people were just shocked when when I mentioned I was a diabetic. And I just, you know, they gave me the medicine and the insulin, and I just kept on going because I didn't want this to slow me down. But I also didn't uh, take it seriously in terms of, you know what, I just got a life-altering disease. And it really is because I have to wear an insulin pump with uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, if I don't have that insulin, I spike very quickly. And it, and especially if I let the stress uh, come in, if I, I end up having to take more and more insulin for that as well. And it's, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. So being able to t- control the things I can control, such as my mindset and my, what I, what I eat for food, as you mentioned, those are things that are well under my control. And I've learned that, you know what, if you eat right and you try to put yourself in the right frame of mind, you can minimize a ton of your stress. And I've, and I've seen the, um, my body, how it reacts because I also wear a, a, a glucometer. And so I can see very quickly whether when I'm stressed, for example, how quickly those blood sugars shoot up. Yeah, most definitely. 
So if I may ask, what mm -hmm. kind of industry were you in before that was causing you this severe stress for such an extended period of time? Yeah, so I was primarily, my, my career was around uh, high tech with the internet marketing and also medical device. So uh, I was, uh, I've spent most of my career in marketing and, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about having the internet marketing where you're responsible for websites, you're responsible for the emails, you're responsible for the webinars, all those things that are high profile. And as you learn it in marketing, everybody is a marketing critic. So, you know, they, everybody <laughs> knows how to do marketing. And uh, so you can do 99% of it perfect. And people say, eh, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Or maybe, oh, yeah, good, good job. But they, they're not really serious about it. But when, when you have one typo or something, you know, oh, with yeah. technology doesn't work perfectly well, oh, my gosh, it's like the sky is falling. And that was that added to the stress as well. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Uh, We've both been there in different way, in a different oh, yeah. industry. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that's why I say marketing. I didn't say high tech marketing. I didn't say yeah, med device yeah, marketing. Yeah. I talked marketing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You got this wrong, but I get so much right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's stressful. It's it's stressful, as we say, mm -hmm. and, and that's what you're here to talk about. So I want to get into the weeds on that. Like, sure. <laughs> so let's talk about stress relief and and. You know, I didn't know you uh, back then in your story here, but uh, you seem currently like a very calm, even keel, peaceful guy. <laughs> you don't seem stressed <laughs> currently. Uh, yeah. So uh, how can I be more like you? <laughs> oh, I, you know, well, <laughs> one thing, one thing, obviously, so. You know, I do these weekly stress relief uh, videos, and people have asked me the exact same thing. They say, boy, you're so <laughs> calm on those videos. And I'm thinking to myself, I know that there's a lot of videos out there where people are just going, oh, crazy, and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's because we're in one of those always-on uh, societies, and everybody is trying to get everyone else's attention and doing crazy things. Well, if I just add to that noise then I'm not doing anyone a favor. So one of the things that I do when I, when I do that and, and how I carry myself is I have to carry myself the way that works for me. And what works for me most of the time is just to be very grounded and present. And so that is a huge part of it. Um, does it mean that I don't get excited? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. And if the game is on the line, you bet. I might be pacing back and forth in front of the TV, you know, you know, hoping <laughs> that my team wins. That, you know, that, that, but that's, that to me is good stress. Um, and that's one of the things that the listeners should be aware of. We're not talking about having no stress in our lives because we need some stress. Some stress, which is called the good stress, called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. Eustress is good stress. That's the kind of stress that we need to get things done uh, to motivate us. So if you imagine 
doing work that you love and you have certain responsibilities with that work, that is something where as long as you don't go, I got to do this again, um, that is good stress. We need that. What we want to avoid or minimize, eliminate, whatever you can do is the negative stress. And the negative stress uh, typically will fall under two categories. And they're both based usually on some sort of fear. One of them is ruminating in the past about something that you feel like you didn't do right, you failed, whatever it was with a person, with a project, whatever it is, where you keep on going back to that and thinking, oh gosh, I'm a I'm, you know, I'm not good. I'm not, not, a, not somebody who uh, can accomplish something. So if you keep on beating yourself up like that, that is negative stress because it's not doing you any good. You can reflect on in the past about what learnings that you could take from it, but then you got to let it go. You have to let it go. The other one is anxiety about something coming up in the future. So let's say you have a presentation you need to give, or maybe you have to have a difficult conversation with someone and you're all worried about, oh gosh, you know, it's going to go badly, um, or you're going to fail or fall flat on your face or whatever, whatever we do, our inner critic does to us. That is another form of, ne- of negative stress. And those are the kind of stresses, both ruminating and also the anxiety on the, of some future perceived failure, uh, that really does not do us any, any good. It's, it makes our bodies start worrying. And interestingly enough, our bodies are wired the exact same way they were back in the Stone Age for the fight or flight syndrome. And Mm -hmm. if you think about that, when we were uh, under attack, something, you know, something like, let's say, a saber-toothed tiger or a T-Rex was coming, (laughs) that fight or flight mentality is what we needed because it was a short-term adrenaline, cortisol dumped into our body so that we could respond accordingly and then we let it go. Well, in today's society, almost all of our stress is mental and here is the worst part about it. Almost all of our mental stress is self-induced. We're doing it to ourselves. Someone, oh, some, I hear you on that. Yes, yeah. someone else is not doing <laughs> it. We're doing it to ourselves. But that's the good news because we can only control ourselves. And that's a huge, huge mindset change. Instead of trying to worry about, okay, I've got a bad boss, or I have um, a coworker, or a family member who I just, you know, can't work with or, or deal with, what can you deal with is how you respond, how you deal with it. That's what you have control over. And amazingly, you know, asked about some of the ways to uh, reduce stress. One of the most common ones that I remind people about, especially in today's pandemic situation, is that, you know, the news covers all the bad, bad stuff about COVID. We hear it constantly, constantly, oh, more and more cases and more and more deaths, et cetera. Well, that's because the news covers the negative because we pay attention to the negative. That's human nature. It's kind of like being in a traffic, um, traffic uh, uh, 
jam and you know there's a there's an accident to the side and you don't want to see like blood and guts but can you not look when you go by the accident it's it's just our human nature so if we think about the separating out the aspects of a stressful situation because as humans we are we're, our natural inclination is to worry about all aspects of that negative situation but instead if we think okay let's split it up between what we can control and what we can't control so let's take the pandemic for example we can't control the government's response to it we can't control even the other person wearing a mask for example but we can control ourselves wearing a mask or staying you know 6 feet apart or not watching the negative news etc and if we separate the everything we're stressing about that activity into two buckets and we say okay mentally normally we would have 50% of our mind share on what we can't control 50% on what we can control if we focus exclusively on what we can control put as much of 100% of our mindset to that what happens is we can affect change in that and when we can affect change and we feel like we're under control our stress goes way way down so that's just a mindset and it's it's one of the best things that we can do when we're worried about oh my gosh what is going to happen about this whole pandemic and etc cetera, etc cetera. well you know what is it that you, that you can control to affect change i love that as an entrepreneur solopreneur and just kind of all around anxiety driven worry wart mm-hmm. like that is very helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. personally so i hope you guys out listening out there find that helpful as well <laughs> i'm glad i could help yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. a lot there's so much so are there any um are there any tactics or, mm-hmm. or ways that you kind of you bring yourself into, I guess, like the present moment and, and think about what I can control and calm yourself down or, mm-hmm. or, any, or am I completely off base on how you do that? But like no. you get the question. <laughs> I do. I do. There's a couple things. So so and they're very easy to do. This episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Gather Round La Cucina online course. Do you like time and skill to cook healthy meals at home? I totally get it. Healthy meals can be super boring, flavorless, and time-consuming to make. Choosing fast food can be a quick and easy option, but often it can feel you leaving unwell or unable to feel your best. You and your family deserve to feel good, and you don't have to sacrifice taste or time to feel good. With the Gather Around the Cucina course, I help busy millennial families learn to create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle for the whole family without sacrificing time. Log on to wellnesscucinallc.com and schedule a complimentary clarity call to see if this course would be a good fit for you and your family. Um, One is a visualization technique I like to use. And for your listeners, now hopefully they're not driving because (laughs) it requires you to close your eyes. If you're driving, just take note and do this later. Yes, listen to this later when you can close your eyes for a minute. But what, what you do is you go to a place you would typically like to relax. So imagine it being maybe the beach, a park, the maybe a lake, your backyard. It could even be a spa, you know, that 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 you like going to. And you imagine in your mind that you're in that location 
and you start taking in all of your senses. So you take a nice deep breath. You imagine it in your mind where you're located, that happy place. And you start thinking about, okay, what do I feel? Do I feel the sun on my face? Do I feel the sand or the grass under my feet? What do I smell? Do I smell the fresh air? Do I smell the, the, the lotion from the spa? What do I hear? Do I hear the wind blowing through the trees? Do I hear the water splashing on the shore? What do I see? Do I see the blue sky, the green of the trees, or the grass? Whatever it is, you take it all in, feel it within you, you take another deep breath, and then you open your eyes. And it's a simple grounding activity that takes one to two minutes just to get you into a good space to be able to focus. And then what I do after that is I like to use a separate, let's say, you know, we were talking about um, a challenging activity or that you've got coming up, such as a um, presentation that you're worried about giving. Maybe it's a difficult conversation that you have to have with a coworker or a, a boss or you, you know it could be somebody who reports to you or it could be a family member whatever that that situation is what i like to do is i like to use um, a technique called hakalau and what hakalau is is it's a it's a, a hawaiian meditation very very light meditation and this one again if you're driving um you don't want to do this one while you're behind the wheel, but you can do it if you're if you're uh, not not uh, moving forward in the vehicle. <laughs> so <laughs> what what you do is you find a spot on the wall, a stationary spot. It could be like a you know a light fixture. It could be a frame, a book, something like that on the wall, preferably above eye level. And you start focusing on that item. So it's a spot of some sort. You focus on that item, and it's stationary, as I said. And as you stare at that spot, you let your mind just kind of go loose, and you focus all of your attention on that spot. And what you'll notice is that within a matter of moments, your vision begins to spread out, and your peripheral vision starts to come into focus. And what you do is you pay a little more attention to your peripheral than you do to the central part of your vision, and you stay in that state for as long as you feel comfortable. And once you're done, it could be 30 seconds, it could be a minute, you go ahead and close your eyes, you open them back up, and you come back into the room, and chances are you will feel more calm and more aware of your surroundings, and you're better equipped mentally and physically to take on that challenging activity that you've got coming up. And this can be done literally five minutes before, let's say, that conversation, or standing on stage before uh, you walk out in front of the audience. 
Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Again, it's amazing. Again, that's not, really cool. while driving, not while driving. If you do these things while driving, you're going to create a more stressful situation. That's I'm exactly pretty sure. It. That's exactly. We have, we you know for those of you driving. What you know, the one of my favorite ones is to put on, you know, if you're stuck in traffic, for example, put on your favorite tune and go ahead and pretend like you're doing karaoke in front of an audience and just go ahead and and feel that music like you're the one performing it and don't care if somebody looks at you and sees you rocking out to, to the song because you're in your own car, who cares? It's amazing what kind of a stress reliever just listening to your favorite music and really getting into it when you're stuck in your car. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> in the restaurant industry, we would go into the freezer, like the walk-in freezer and scream very loudly. So, oh yeah, that's similar. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, what I what I I've done is, you know, sometimes you know a lot of people don't have that freezer where they can go and scream and and in, even in a freezer, it's probably not sound tight. So somebody's oh, going to no, go, "What the heck is going on?" Wait, you don't have a walk-in freezer? Come I on. don't. I, I I suppose I could step into mine. I suppose because it's one of those ones at the bottom of the refrigerator. Um, but I don't think I could. I I wouldn't try and close myself in it. But um, <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 what, what's very similar to that is just grabbing a pillow and screaming into that pillow. That's an amazing stress relief as well, because it's just, I, I used to do that as a kid and I didn't realize that it was a technique, but sure enough, a lot <laughs> of people do. And it, it works. It really does because I've been there. That works. Yeah. Because <laughs> what happens is, is that, you know, these emotions that we have, and stress in particular, it builds up in us over time. And it's, it becomes this, this emotional baggage and we need to get rid of it and our bodies want to get rid of it. So we have to figure out ways to do it. And that's, you know, screaming works really good. You know, it's that the thing you want to be careful of, obviously, is there's a lot of people who have no problem screaming at others and then they, they feel better. But what, you know, the collateral damage of the other person is, is, is not a good thing. Definitely. Excellent. Well, we really appreciate your tips and tricks. Three questions. What is your bucket list travel destination? Number one, New Zealand. Wanted to go there. Haven't nice. got there. I got to Australia about 20 years ago. Oh, no, oh, 20, 20, 26 years ago. Um, <laughs> so I, New Zealand is absolutely number one on my list. Um, I'm, you know, I just I, I think it's such a beautiful country. And my daughter actually traveled there. And uh, it's been number one ever since she got back and told me all about it. Oh, nice. Me too. It's high on my list. So let's go together. All right. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> as soon as COVID's over. You got to do it because, yeah, I think my guess is, is we take that nice long flight and then the next thing you know, sorry, we can't let you in. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The world changes during that flight. All right. Two, um, if you could choose, what would be your last meal? Oh, boy. So it's interesting. As a diabetic, I've heard the term used that the sweetness of life has been taken away from you. And I don't, I'm a very positive person, so I don't like to focus on that. So I will tell you the one food, and I don't know if I'd make it a meal, but I can tell you it'd be a big part of my meal is fresh sourdough bread. Because I used to, I used to go to the store 
when I was a kid or as an a you know as a young adult. And I would buy those big rounds, just that by itself, and then a two liter of some soda and stuff. And I would just grab that in the grocery store or in the you know deli, wherever they had the fresh bread. And I would just go and that's what I would eat for a meal and stuff. And I rarely have French bread or sourdough French bread anymore because it's just it's a car bomb to say the least yeah and so so i probably if it was going to be my last meal i think that that would be a big part of it there's a theme here of like no regrets like a couple weeks ago we interviewed somebody who uh has celiac so allergic to gluten and she was like pizza i'm going pizza because like (laughs) who cares i'm dead next you know (laughs) number three what uh is your favorite hobby that doesn't make money Oh, that would have to be hiking. Uh, Where I live, I live near the uh, Olympic National Park, which is Hiker's Paradise. And Mm -hmm. uh, I absolutely love it. I discovered it uh, as a hobby probably 15 years ago, maybe. And what I find is that it gives me such a wonderful combination of being out in nature getting to exercise, and especially when I, you know, pre-COVID, when I would go out with my hiking groups, I had the opportunity to socialize at the same time. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful activity. And, and I f- always feel really good after I get back uh, from, from a, a particular hike. Uh, and if I go on a hike that I've never been on before, it's always exciting for me because, yeah, maybe seeing trees or maybe seeing, you know, uh, mountaintops or whatever it happens to be, but there's something about exploring a trail you've never been on that for me is, is, is always so much fun. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, professor Pete, for coming on our show. We really appreciate your time and all of the awesome knowledge that you've shared with us and our listeners. Is there anything else you'd like to add or anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? And where can people find you? Oh, sure. So I would uh, just, you know, my, my number one stress relief tool for everyone, and I just will leave you with that, is gratitude. Be grateful for what you have in life because it's too easy for us to think about what we don't have. And if you really are uh, grateful for what you have, and it could be very little things, the roof of your head, uh, food on on the table, the car that's reliable and gets you to work, whatever it happens to be, those are the things that gets you into that mindset where you look at the positive. Because if you are thinking about the positive and you have that positive mindset, you are going to attract other positive people and other positive things back into your life. The same thing holds true if you focus on the negative. If you focus on the negative, you're going to attract other negative people. You are going to attract other negative things and events in your life. So be grateful for what you have. And, you know, my wife and I do a a gratefulness activity every night. We're summing up what what we're grateful for from the the day that we just experienced. So that I just want to uh, uh, let people know. And if anyone is interested in getting a weekly, a quick and easy stress relief tip, I've I've got over a hundred I've already published, and uh, I continue to publish them every every Wednesday. Uh, I invite them to come to see my website at petealexander.com and just click you know, for the blog and you'll see it. And uh, if you put your email address in, you'll get the, the weekly uh, week 
weekly stress relief tips. I don't spam anybody, so you don't have to worry about getting any uh, commercialized uh, information. Strictly ideas to give you to give you a try. You know, one to two minutes. If it works, great. Continue to work on it. Use it anytime you can. If it doesn't work for you, hey, no big deal. You spent one or two minutes trying it. So everybody can find me uh, on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active on social media. And uh, I'm just Professor Pete Alexander. I think I'm the only Professor Pete Alexander. Uh, I use <laughs> Professor in my name because that helps differentiate because I have a very common, uh, Pete Alexander is quite common. So uh, I have to differentiate somehow. And I am a real professor. Some people are saying, well, are you a real professor? Yes, I am. I'm not teaching currently, but I do have my PhD and I've got 12 years of university teaching experience so uh, very nice so so sell joss it's been an absolute pleasure being on the show and again thank you to your all your listeners for uh taking the time today yeah awesome. thanks, thanks for again. being here pete you bet my pleasure it's time for a recap one it's not about no stress you stress is good stress negative stress is based in fear two visualization of a relaxing place so be sure to use all of your senses, feeling, touch, smell, and then to get out of it, take a deep breath and open your eyes into a calm, relaxing state. Three, prepping for a difficult situation. Focus your vision and watch your peripherals for 30 seconds to a minute to really calm yourself down and bring you to the present. Number four, don't close your eyes while driving. And that's a wrap on episode 73. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, please leave us a written review in iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show a lot. Remember that if you leave us a five-star written review, you are entered to win in a drawing um, for a 30-minute brainstorm with me and Josh. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about future people. Trust me, it'll make sense. If we focus exclusively on what we can control, put as much of 100% of our mindset to that, what happens is we can affect change in that. You're not going to be liked by everyone. You're not pizza. <laughs>